0: I missed you.
1: I missed you. It feels like forever.
0: <laughs> it's it's been two weeks, two solid weeks. So. I thought what we do this episode is just talk about relapses and give people some encouragement and hope and let it know it happens to the best of us.
1: Oh, putting me on the spot. I uh, hear you went down. Let's talk about it. <laughs> in the
0: hot seat. Yeah. So what happened? Yes. it happens?
1: Um, you know, you, you may not be as familiar with this conversation, but as women, we have hormonal fluctuations, which pull things into different phases in our wait, body.
0: Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, <laughs> I'm wait. I'm pulling the woman card. You don't like that, do you? <laughs> I have
0: three daughters. I coached women's (laughs) lacrosse at college level for 20 years.
1: Yes. But have you experienced that moment where you can feel that your hormones are shifting in your body and you can feel there's something tumbling in you and you're like, what's happening now? I don't know what's happening. You know, it's not just, oh, I have cramps one day and it's not a big deal. With Lyme, like it affects where the bacteria are in their cycle and how they respond and like it actually does so much more than like what people really think it does. So we can talk about like estrogen cycles and all yeah, those so different let's things, talk but it sucks. That
0: let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot of women experience a lot of estrogen symptoms that they really think are Lyme, but they don't actually realize it. So like hot flashes or like I get a lot of shakes and weakness has been a really big symptom of mine. I was like, Oh, it's Lyme. It's Lyme. Well, I did a great job of clearing the Lyme. And then I just kept having these things. So as I healed my liver and my liver was coming back into function, it then says, oh, good. I'm going to release all this toxic estrogen that's in our food, our pharmaceuticals. There's so many different places we get Plastics. estrogen. Everything. Yeah. Water. Air we breathe. I mean, like <laughs> it's pretty hard not to touch an estrogen product. Um, and for men, too. So, you know, your body has all this excess of this hormone and we can't complete natural cycles. And then, you know, that's a really big conversation during treatment. But even as I got better and the liver started healing, my body is then releasing all this backlog of toxins, which is bacterial or estrogen or all these other things. So I was in a pretty rough flare where the liver was like, we're going to heal and we're done with this estrogen goodbye. And my stomach is just, oh, my gosh, I can't handle it. So I'm, you know, taking all the binders, sucking down all the charcoal. But man, when it's ready to heal, you kind of just hang on and (laughs) Hope for the best.
0: (laughs) So what were your symptoms?
1: I I just, um, I get these estrogen dumps. Like basically I'll just be sitting around having a nice conversation and you'll start seeing the red cross my face and I'll start getting weak. My hands will start tremoring and I will just be like, okay, I need a giant head of broccoli. And I just eat this until my body starts like chilling out because this has things that bind to toxic estrogen and help remove that toxicity from the body. So you will see me for the last week just hanging on to my little broccoli stalks, chewing away like a like a little goat in the field.
0: <laughs> and Do you do anything else to support the detox? So we talked about binders, broccoli that's the sulforaphane in it. And yeah, so
1: more liver support, right? The ACV with the enzymes to help break them down and pretty much anything we can do to support that metabolic cycle of also elimination from the body. Right. Like a little extra magnesium, make sure the stomach's moving and Uh, I do like to hit the ginger pretty hard. The ginger is pretty solid on the stomach, but ginger is also a liver support. So it also helps the estrogen flow out a little bit too. So a little push pull on that one.
0: (laughs) And then how long does it take to get back on your feet? Because we missed a couple weeks here.
1: You know, when it's in a really bad phase, I get about six to eight estrogen dumps a day. And it takes me about an hour to two hours to recover from them. So it's kind of, that's my day. Like, you know, I'll, it starts coming in at first thing in the morning and by the evening, I've eaten two heads of broccoli, about a half of a jar of binders. And, <laughs> and that's my day.
0: <laughs> I go to sleep, wake up and do it all over again.
1: Right? Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's a tough phase, but you know, I, I really try to look at it as the body is actively healing, like not just I'm kind of being supportive. It is saying we're going and we're getting rid of stuff and, it sucks, but we, we keep working through it.
0: <laughs> so now that you're through this particular dump, do you actually, do you feel better than you were feeling before?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm through it, you know, like it's oh, still, okay. yeah, it's still actively working. Uh, women will notice like at different points in the cycle, it's worse and better. So I, I don't know if you can see, I still have a little bit of a glow today. I still working on it. My broccoli is close, but you know, it's, I, I would really probably expect this to last three quarters of the month. For probably about the next six months, you know, and it's just how much estrogen is in you, how bad is your liver? I think anybody knows from previous conversations. I have a real, real bad liver, so I got a lot of work to do. And this is just hanging on and hoping for the best.
0: <laughs> so, have, have you had your genetics done?
1: I have had my genetics done, and I've talked to the fantastic Bob Miller, and he says that's a that's a mess you got.
0: <laughs> It'd be inter- So, have you? Do you know about your sulfonation pathways or some of those?
1: I did it so long ago. I, I it bears revisiting, but I haven't I, I knew there was something wrong. But which part um, we should
0: we should take a look at that offline yeah. together and, yeah. and pull it up and see what's there, because and I, I'm not. This is not my field of expertise, but I do know that the estrogen, metabol the estrogen and the estrogen metabolites or detoxified through specific pathways yes in the liver so it's you know the liver has like six separate pathways to deal with things and depending on where the metabolites bounce through and would need to be moved we can have you know great liver function in you know glucuronidation but not in sulfonation or great function in glutathione conjugation but not in acetylation. or
1: Absolutely. And then there's the second layer of estrogen can be reabsorbed in the stomach, right? So even if I'm not binding everything, it could be reabsorbed, even though I've eliminated it. And that's why we get in that like cycle of, I want it out. (laughs) I want it all the way out, not sort of out.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, so the binders and and, and then then if the liver's not breaking it down, then it stays in circulation, right? Then you get the estrogen dominance, fun. So here's... (laughs) How long have you been, is that your dog?
1: <laughs> I was about to say, dogs are are mad about it too. They're frustrated for me.
0: Um, how long have you been dealing with Lyme? I'm not uh, sure you didn't know that. I
1: am closing in on nine years, almost nine hitting years. my decade.
0: Okay. And is that from being bit or from being diagnosed and treated?
1: From being bit uh, and went two years undiagnosed.
0: Okay. So you've been actively pursuing Lyme specifically for about seven years. Yep. So when something like this happens, like you're cruising along at summertime, you got your goats, you know, I see all your Facebook pictures, all this great stuff happening on the farm, dealing with bed and breakfast. (laughs) Ups and downs every day. And And then, you know, I'm going to call it a flare, even though it's not technically a Lyme flare, it's a leftover symptom that you're dealing with and and having to clear out because your body was. So busy doing lime toxins, it didn't. Well, the estrogen's not as dangerous as this other stuff. So let's just we'll store it away somewhere, in a, in a, in our love handles or thighs or where.
1: <laughs> in it's, my safe it's, spots. It's been, it's been They're right not going now. anywhere.
0: So, so my my question, well, if we get rid of the toxins, they might, right? Yeah. Um, my question is. How did you how do you deal with the emotional aspect of was like, oh, shit, because nobody wakes up today, say, oh, I'm going to do the laundry and I'm going to, you know, run my errands to the bank and then I'm going to do an estrogen dump. Nobody puts that on their to do list.
1: They wouldn't if they wanted to no it's uh it's definitely you know i feel like i've really gotten to be fairly a seasoned pro at doing this i feel like i have a really good mental space around it and even this stuff really sets me back you know um i have a really amazing partner who lets me just let it out i am sure he has heard the same conversation every morning for six months like and every morning he's like i hear you that really sucks and like i don't really need more than that like i just need somebody to be like I get it. Like, this is not the life you envision. This is not where you're going. And sometimes just like that acknowledgement, this is not where I want to be right now, but this is not the end is a really good way that I just kind of stay in that. Not your final destination, not ideal. Okay. Move forward. So I think like having a good, you know, support system and somebody that you can really communicate that, you know, maybe you don't need them to fix it for you. Cause I think that's men, right? Like we want to, they want to jump in and, okay, well, do you need this, this, and this? And you know what? I've been doing this. I know what I need. It's not different from the last time. Um, So, you know, I would say that's um, for the people who are caregivers or supporters or the people who sometimes need to better communicate what they need when they're going through. I don't need my problem solved. I just need to talk about it. And I think that's, you know, me with him. I just need to tell you that I'm really grumpy and I'm really pissed off and I'm tired of doing this. And it's a different day. Same story
0: (laughs) here we we go again. Yes. (laughs) Now, are you doing the primal trust?
1: I am doing some primal trust along with it, Um, you know, and it's been it's been nice because it is also helping with that brain space where you are is not where you're going and how to get out of negative brain cycle loops. Um, My estrogen issues used to be like catastrophic, like on the floor, just too intense for my body to handle. And so I have this fear of every time I feel it, well, what if I'm there? What if I'm to the point I need to call somebody? What if I am not safe? And primal trust has been doing a really nice job of saying, well, you are safe in your body and helping redevelop that primal trust (laughs) in who you are and where you are with things. And it's been a really great mental exercise to almost distance myself from these catastrophic things that my brain wants to go panic, red lights. We've been here before. It was not good. Everybody, (laughs) you know, as opposed to we can just have a whole different conversation, man, this sucks. Here's your tools and your resources for dealing with it. Okay. Let's get out of the space. Let's think about something else as you have solved the immediate problem in front of you.
0: And remind people how they can get hooked up with Lyme warriors and primal trust.
1: Yep, we've got it on the homepage right now because just, man, I think everybody should spend a little time with it. So drop down and join the groups. And what's really nice is they have um, peer-to-peer groups too, where you can talk to other people about coping mechanisms. So again, if you don't have that like supportive teammate or somebody else, there are other people that are going through this. So that's been another nice aspect of it too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I have been working with I don't know how to describe the, the this this man has been hosting like weekly calls and he's a retired Navy SEAL. Nice. And he also trained Navy SEALs. So he, he's indoctrinated in and also aware of how to train people to for, perform at their highest. And what's interesting is as their training evolves over the decades, over the years, they're getting more and more into the, the headspace. Like how to stay calm under fire, how to keep going when you don't want to keep going. All the same things we talk about with healing with Lyme disease. Yeah, And it's it's really amazing to see the same technology, really being aware, being in the moment, controlling your breathing, all that kind of good stuff, getting yourself to calm down has its applications in, in life and in high performance. So you've got these super high performance people doing things where it's literally life or death. And then you have these super low performance, I'm gonna say, with Lyme disease, <laughs> where you're also dealing with life and death, right? You're not out there, somebody shooting at you, but you've got little bugs inside you that are shooting at you. And it's interesting <laughs> that it's, it's the same, you need the same headspace.
1: Yeah. And I think the there's so much part. correlation between PTSD and coping strategies, because like you said, it's internal fire versus external fire, the brain and the body kind of responds the same. Um, you know, and I think that's how does our body return to that state of healing? Because when I am stressed out, when I am worried about being on the floor, that is not a state of healing, That is not a state of mitochondrial repair. <laughs> so I think, you know, there's 10 billion ways to address that. Um, And I, I'm so glad it's becoming a conversation for, for SEALs, for chronically ill, for people who've been, you know, trauma survivors, like just everything.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really remarkable. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. I'm sure it will help more than one person out there. And I'd like to remind you, you, not you, Lauren, but you.
1: You the people. listening.
0: <laughs> if you'd like to share your yeah. Lyme story, particularly if it's a win or you are winning, yeah. and how we define that is, well, a win is pretty obvious, but winning, I would say Lauren is winning with Lyme disease, right? Less
1: She's miserable than yesterday. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the overall arc is, is winning. That doesn't mean you don't have setbacks, right? Right. And again, like, to drawing on the external battle it's not that you win every single battle you're up against but you're winning more than you're losing and you're making progress so if you'd like to share that story send me an email to mckay at lime and we'll just have a nice short conversation it's nothing too in depth we're not doing hour-long deep dives into everything and exploring every little thing you did it's really just to give people a touchstone and to share all these success stories Cause if you go online, you're gonna see a lot of the, and, and rightfully so, because people are, tr- are problem solving, you're gonna see a lot of the setbacks. You're gonna see a lot of the flares. You're gonna see a lot of the questions, you know, oh, my teeth are falling out of my head. Oh, you know, my skin's erupting. Oh, I can't digest anything but red meat. Oh, I can't digest anything, even Particularly red meat. not red meat. <laughs> you know, it's just, I've had, you know, we've all had these crazy stories that we hear about Lyme disease or debilitating migraines, debilitating joint pain. And the other thing I want to just kind of leave, and I'll I'll let you have the last word after I make these comments, is there's still so much work to be done in getting the word out and awareness. And I had two conversations yesterday that just highlighted this. I I had a woman call up to ask about allergies. You know, does acupuncture treat allergies? Well, the short answer is yes. And after a little more conversation, it was a lot more complicated than that. And she was diagnosed with MS. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like, have you, you know, considered Lyme disease? She says, funny you talk, you know, funny you mentioned that. Uh, You're not the first person to say that. And I have been tested. Oh, what tests have you done? So then, you know, it's a 20 minute conversation explaining to her why the test that she did, the standard two step, Is not a diagnostic test and you know it's it's frustrating that we still have to do this and it was news to her and that her doctors are pretending that that's okay and that she's been screened for Lyme disease when she hasn't Um, and you know if she has MS God bless her but if she has Lyme disease. God help her because they're not going to be looking in that direction. A matter of fact, they're suppressing her immune system right now. That's the treatment for MS. Yep. Good grief. So that's that's number one. And I'll actually. Why don't you just go ahead and, if you have any comments about that. Oh, <laughs> so, right so many comments, right? Well, <laughs> you go know. Ahead.
1: Uh, I. I think what I find so frustrating about the standard test is in Virginia, the state law is if you receive a negative test that you have to be notified via paperwork that the test is not great, like that it literally are required by law to send you something saying this test is faulty. So I did four and I got one letter and my doctor gave it to me and said, don't worry about it.
0: Oh, the doctor downplayed the letter.
1: Right. So this is like, let's just go with like three out of four didn't get it. And then two, he's going to downplay it. And I just, I continue to think back on just, he didn't have any answers for me of any kind, but it was not that one.
0: Can't be that. I assure
1: you it's not that one. Um, And, you know, it's just stuff like that, that I find is such a major catalyst to it's the lack of medical understanding of this disease, the testing needs to be improved and the awareness needs to be improved at the doctor's level. And why does it fall on just us, the people to have to say the doctors aren't right, that just puts us in such a miserable spot. So that's the part I just hate. That's the part I can't get past that I find that to be just a big hitch in the system.
0: (laughs) So and here's. Number two, so I have a friend, and she came in for a treatment, she hurt her wrist. <clears throat> she's a nurse, open-minded nurse. She was on the forefront of opening uh, an integrative health center a few years ago in the area. So she's not the standard medical close-minded.
1: She's a little special.
0: She's she's very special, <laughs> and I'll use her name. Her name's Mary Lord, so. She's, she's, she's very special. She'll, she'll laugh if she hears this. Anyway, she comes in, you know, and she's talking about a, a, a patient of hers. She's doing some private, uh, private nursing right now. And even, like, secondhand, like, hearing her talk about her, it's like, has he been tested for Lyme disease? And she says, you know, funny that you mentioned that, you know, but No. So then I'd, you know, then we'd go for the long thing about why it might be a good idea. And, and this particular person, you know, money's not too much an issue, so it's like, well, you know, you probably should just go ahead and go get an hygienics test done, since money isn't an issue. It's just, just, get a real gold standard test done. And then we start talking some more, you know, about her symptoms, and then the more she talks is like, do you have Lyme disease? <laughs>
1: I'm not saying everybody has Lyme, but I'm just I, saying everybody boy, in this room everybody, everybody yesterday had Lyme disease.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so for her, money is a little bit more of an issue. So, you know, we had a little bit of a discussion about alternatives. So we're going to try a little teasel challenge for her and see if oh, she... Oh,
1: that's my favorite. Like, I, yes. I I feel like it's a little bit of the crazy end, but I, I love herbals. And I just, just hear, just a little like teasel or Five a little drops. like, you know... um Oh shoot, what's the other um Andrographis? Just like just have a touch. Do you feel terrible? Okay, we got you. All right, let's move ahead, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: We'll start you right, start increasing the dose. Yep, yep. So you know, that's you know, that's the thirty dollar test as opposed to the fifteen hundred dollar test. So it's and and I've got to figure out how to present that because how do I know if it's you know, if I have it or not? If I'm gonna feel like shit. And they're like, really? Why yeah. do I why do I want to do this again?
1: <laughs> you're, you're not a good leader. You're I come to you because I feel miserable. And you're like, here, let's, exactly. make, you let's, worse. let's like, make you feel worse. Yeah, yeah well, I just I feel like that's a rough pitch, right? Like Lyme disease. We're going to you you save you save fifteen
0: hundred bucks. It's like, well, you know, you can well, either there's
1: do, a do pain it... point trade off. <laughs> <Yes>, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. So. so it's just, you know, and again, here's somebody who theoretically should know better, but her mind's on other things. You know, and she is in the. Even though she is very open-minded, she's in the traditional channels of care, and you know, I keep on thinking. oh, we've got we've got the, we've got the, this enough information out there that people, we we don't need to keep doing that work. And I'm just just wrong, just wrong. Yeah. And and the last thing I'd like to to, to say is, where, the IDSA's the Infectious d- Disease Infectious Disease Society of America, IDSA, their screening protocol misses every year, and this is the CDC number. This is not McKay's conspiracy numbers because my numbers would be much higher. According to the CDC, they are missing 430,000, give or take a few thousand, cases every single year. 430,000. They're missing one out of 10. So we know this because the CDC takes the number of positive cases reported, and it's a mandatory mandatory reporting, so every positive case, and they multiply by 10. So what does that mean? That means they're missing 90%. It's like, how, how could you be so bad? You have one job, one job, detect Lyme disease, and you're failing nine times out of 10 imagine if you drove to the supermarket and nine times out of ten either you crashed your car or you didn't make it to the supermarket you would think or your family would think you've got a problem but your doctor in virginia says ah don't worry about that our standards are fine
1: yeah we're doing
0: great you know it's like I i won't i won't do that analogy but
1: <laughs> i have a couple analogies that yeah back, yeah but, it's just know, it's just like... terrible
0: it's just yeah. that that level of failure that level of ineptness is it's it's criminal and to not even sit there think, you know what we're not doing a great job maybe we should uh we should look at this but there's no humility no nothing no it's like no we're, we've got this covered as a matter of fact and and you're you're all wrong and we're right and you know maybe they're maybe they're keeping it that way because they're waiting to make money off the the vaccines that are coming down the line i I was about
1: to say at least at least we got some work going on you know like we are making some progress there is more money going in than ever before you know i think we are making progress on that front but we are still in where it's not good obviously like where it's Not 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 good. It's real bad. (laughs) But we have a lot of really amazing advocates that are making progress. And so I always encourage people that if that really bothers you, join a group like join Lyme Warrior, join Center for Lyme Action, join somebody. And we need more people actionably working against
0: that. And just just having those conversations like I did yesterday. I mean, I'm coming from a, you know, a, a position of authority, sort of, you know, I'm an acupuncturist. I was wearing my lab coat, so you know, I looked all official and everything. They have to believe you if you have yeah, a lab exactly. coat. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> you know, wear wear a cap, wear a pin, wear a ribbon, wear a t-shirt. Have the conversations people are curious and people want to know. And all you need to have is a one factor two, you know, memorize something about the test, something about the incidents, something about what's going on in your community or the state, or just a good story. Just a good story. Here's. So here's the Chittenango story. Chittenango is um, uh, 50 minutes away from us. Now we'll, we'll end on this because we're on 25 minutes. Was, and when I first looked at the clock, it was like 13 minutes. Wow. What else are we going to talk about? And here we are. We've doubled the time already. <laughs> we're, we're on our soap boxes, Well, soapboxes.
1: You can't get two Lyme patients together and talk about line issues. We're going to get carried away.
0: <laughs> so Chittenango, and actually Chittenango is the home of Frank Baum who wrote the Wizard of Oz.
1: <gasps>
0: so there's a Wizard of Oz museum and casino in Chitnango, by the way. Oh my God. And Chitnango's a tiny, tiny little town, by the way. It's not even, anyway. So a friend of mine in Chitnango, she gets bit for the second time and gets Lyme disease for the second time. And this time, on this walk, her dog also got bit. So the dog's limping. She's limping. She goes to her doctor. And the doctor, you know, she says, look, I've had Lyme disease. I know the symptoms. I'm pretty sure I'm having a recurrence. I did get bit. I pulled the dick off me. And the doctor literally says, we do not have Lyme disease here in Chittenango. Go away.
1: <laughs> Where right? you are, there really still shouldn't be a conversation, right? Like.
0: Exactly. And this is this is upstate New York, Syracuse, New New York is very close by. It's it's endemic in there. There's one neighborhood like everybody on this in this neighborhood has Lyme disease. Anyway, so so let's just stop there. But it gets better because she takes her dog literally remember this small town literally across the street to the vet. And the vet says, oh, that's too bad. Let's test for Lyme. And it probably has it. So we're going to start the antibiotics right away. like that's that's literally insane the vet knows the human vet doesn't know like why does the dog
1: test work when the human test doesn't
0: what the mm, is going on
1: right the makings of a good country song in the beginning and now it just turned down to a horror story so
0: it is a horror story (laughs) yeah It it ends with the you know lady going back and you know just burning down the doctor's office or something (laughs) Uh, understandably right actually she didn't she she moved to North Carolina and is happily ever after I think but the, the that type of lack of awareness and again it's the IDSA telling those docs nope and in this case that would be the health department and the state you know saying that oh you have low prevalence it's just and it's just wrong just wrong and then you get this vicious cycle, right? You don't test for Lyme. A, the test doesn't work. But even if you did some surveillance testing, something would come up positive every once in a while. Yeah. And then it would get reported, and then the numbers would go in, and people would test a little bit more, and you get more testing, more reporting, even if it's inadequate, you're missing you know, 9 out of 10, but you're still getting 1 out of 10. You're getting some data into the system. But instead, you just ignore it. Oh, we don't have it because we don't test for it, and therefore we don't have it why don't you test for it because we don't have it well how do you know you don't test yeah but we don't need to test because we don't have it okay genius
1: (laughs) it's a very solid logic train that just came off the rails there didn't it
0: (laughs) (laughs) train wreck so advocate for yourself advocate for your family advocate for your friends for your community for your church for your organizations everybody you come in contact with you won't convince everybody because it is you know you're swimming upstream here but you will save one it's like the starfish story you know how come you're throwing all those starfish they're just gonna go back he said well i'll save one so on that note lauren i'm so glad you're feeling somewhat functional (laughs) thank you i didn't see any red creep up I got the lighting coffee. going
1: right, so you can't see it, yeah, right? We're, we're making
0: progress. <laughs> and hopefully you'll be feeling good and we can um, we can record next week as well. So we actually, just so you all know, it is August the 8th and we'll be releasing this in the next 24 hours. So you'll be getting this tonight on the 8th or tomorrow on the 9th and we'll get caught up. And if you do have a lime story, a lime win that you'd like to share with the world please reach out. Just email me at McKay at lime ninja and we will have a conversation to get your story out there. I would love to talk to you. Until we speak again, hopefully next week. Bye, I'll everybody. see you next
1: week with a new friend. Bye guys.
0: Bye-bye. <laughs>